everyone, welcome back to the All Things Gymnastics Podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Brittany. And this is the podcast where we talk about all things gymnastics. And today we are kicking off the first episode of our Recruit Reflection Series with one of the top recruits in the 2025 class, Mackenzie Eastep. Mackenzie trains at Ascend Gymnastics in Washington, and she is the 2023 Level 10 National Champion on Beam 4 and in the All-Around, as well as being a three-time Nasty Luton Cup qualifier. Mackenzie recently committed to the University of Oklahoma on a full athletic scholarship after taking visits to Utah, Florida, and LSU, and today she joins us to chat all about her recruiting journey, from getting noticed by college coaches to determining what school she wanted to visit, and she even shares some mistakes that she made along the way and gives tips for future generations of college recruits. So we hope that this series will be informative for not only future generations of college athletes, but their parents, their coaches, and informative for the fans as well. So we hope you guys enjoy, and please welcome to the show, Mackenzie Eastep. So we want to start back as far as you can in the recruiting process. Obviously, June 15th is the date that everyone has on their calendar, but (laughs) the process actually starts a little bit before that because you can send emails to coaches and you can tag them on social media and do whatever you can kind of to get yourself on their radar. So when did that process start for you and what kind of things did you do to get yourself on coaches' radars? Yeah. Um, I guess like kind of like everybody else, you start off by sending emails. Um, so I sent my first kind of get to know me email after nationals of 2021, I think. So my eighth grade year, um, I wasn't super consistent with it though. So I sent like a couple thank yous here and there, but I definitely wasn't a crazy active or anything like that. So after nationals in 2022, I had like a little bit better showing. So I sent another get to know me email with a little bit more just basic information about me and my recruiting would be coming up within like the next year. So after that, I definitely tried to be a little bit more consistent sending thank yous anytime they came into the gym or thank yous after I'd seen them at camps or congratulations after a great meet, just trying to stay in their inbox a little bit more. Other than that, like, I guess there was Instagram too. I wasn't crazy on Instagram either until probably last year because I was kind of scared to post, to be honest. Um, I wasn't sure if my stuff was like good enough to post. And after meets and stuff, my scores were sometimes a little bit low. So I'd be like, oh, I can't post that. My score is too low. But I had to learn that scores is subjective and it's honestly best just to put it out there and let people form their own opinions because scores are like I said, like super subjective. So, so for Instagram, I think it's like a great resource that you can use and it. So many people are on that platform. So I think it's great to get yourself out there. But I think honestly, what helped me the most was going to camps. Mm -hmm. Um, I think university camps are great because you're able to get on the university and see a little bit more of like the college student life, which is great. But I personally, I loved the camps where you were able to go and see multiple universities within like one showing. I think those were great. This is not like a bias or anything, um, but my coach, like uh, my coaching staff and my gym hosts a camp called the Best Darn College Camp. And that is hands down the best college camp I've ever been to. And it's like not biased or anything like that. Um, It's just such a great opportunity. They bring in so many universities from really every division and it's just a great opportunity to get yourself seen and out there and I always had a best time like the best time there and I think they have like 16 different universities on staff and then they also have um, multiple others there just observing so it's really a great opportunity and my coaches did a great job of bringing in um, coaches as well so I think that does a lot because you're able to Um, They're able to watch your practice, but also just kind of how you are as a person. So I wouldn't really say that like Instagram or my emails got me noticed. I would honestly attribute that to my coaches and everything that they did to support me. Did you go to any of those camps that were held on college campuses or was it pretty much just the one that your gym hosted? Yeah, I did a couple on-campus camps. I went to LSU last year. I went to Arkansas last year. Um, I was signed up to go to Oklahoma in 2020, but it was canceled due to COVID um I went to Utah for a fall camp so I went to a couple of them for sure because I wanted to get that I wanted to be able to see what the university camps were like as well and it's great to show that sort of interest you know because then they're able to see like oh wow this girl's really interested you know she spent her time to come here and be seen by us so I think it's a great opportunity to do those as well Mm -hmm. for sure 
You mentioned having coaches come into the gym to watch. What is that? Yeah. Is it nerve wracking? Does it add like, an extra layer of pressure or does it feel just like a normal practice for you? Yeah. Um, it's definitely a little bit nerve wracking at first for sure, but you just have to remember that yes, they're there to watch your gymnastics, but they're also there to watch um, how you react to as well. They're there to watch how you react when you do a good turn or a bad turn or how you interact with your coaches or the teammates. They're there to watch more than just your gymnastics. So it's okay to make a mistake. And definitely for me at first, I was like, wow, like I can't fall off the beam. Like I have to be perfect. But I think that also just adds an extra layer of stress that it's not needed, you know? Yeah. And that could really affect your gymnastics as well. So you just have to remember to do what you do every day because they, you've obviously, um, they're coming in to watch you. So you've obviously done something right, you know? Right. So you, uh, you know, stay calm and just know that they're not there to watch you be perfect. Yeah. Well, I think in some ways I would imagine that that's, it's more important for you to make mistakes and yeah. them see like how well you respond to that and bounce back from that as yeah. opposed to just like trying to be perfect because realistically nobody's perfect all of the time. Yeah. And they know yeah. that coaches know that going in. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So tell us about June 15th. That's the day that everyone has circled on their calendar. And for you as one of the top recruits, we have to know what that day was like for you. How chaotic was it? <laughs> yeah, it was definitely pretty chaotic for me and hectic. Um, I had finals that day at school, actually. So <laughs> a whole other layer of stress. <laughs> yes, it, it was honestly crazy. Um so I woke up that morning and I was trying to respond to as many texts as possible to just get some calls set up during the day. Um, but I also was like at school doing finals. So I couldn't be like on my phone texting. <laughs> yeah. So before I left for school, I texted as many people as I could. Um, and then when I was at school, like during lunch, I'd be texting people. Um, it was kind of crazy, but I ended up scheduling five calls that day. I, I skipped gym because it just wasn't possible to get calls in and do finals at school and do gym. It just, it wouldn't have been possible. So I took five calls back to back in the evening, starting at like 2.30 and then going until probably like 7.30 with like a 20 minute break for dinner. It was, it was crazy. Wow. <laughs> so the initial contact, they say like the coaches are calling, but yeah. first contact is it's a text message. Then it sounds like. Yeah. Okay. So then they, they text you and then you basically decide which ones you're interested in. And then you set yeah. up a call with those coaches. Yeah. Okay. I didn't have anybody who just like called me right away. They, okay. they always texted to make sure I was like free and to set up a time. My coaches also did a great job of, um, they met with like my parents and I before the June 15th date and they, they made like a booklet for me just to go over some like basic information that I needed to know. And, um, they did a great job of preparing me on that date as well. Okay. And then something that we heard, and I don't know how true this is, but from your experience, at least you can tell us, yeah. we heard that like, sometimes coaches will reach out literally at midnight from your perspective was that true like what was the earliest that you got a, a text from a coach on that day yeah. I got one well since I'm in Washington I got one at like nine which was like midnight on the east coast okay. so that was probably the earliest I got but I also got some like at midnight that were like in my time zone as well or like 11 so they kind of started flowing in throughout the night but yeah I definitely got a couple at like right on the dot and I was definitely that that is hilarious to me <laughs> like, yeah you're supposed to be in bed sleeping and they're like hey do you want to come here these coaches are like <laughs> on their phones waiting they have like a timer set yeah so funny so did you yeah. have any schools that reached out to you that you kind of knew right away that you weren't interested in and that you know you ultimately were going to say no thank you to and how did you go about doing that too yeah um I tried to answer I definitely responded to everybody who texted me because I was just honestly so grateful. And going into this recruiting process, I wanted to keep my mind pretty open because I didn't necessarily have a dream school. So um, I wanted to get contact and I wanted to be able to talk with most people. I think I ended up taking 12 calls and I, but I made sure to respond to everybody. Even if I didn't take their call, I, I responded to them and I was like, thank you so much for reaching out. But unfortunately, I just don't know if I'm going to be the right fit for your school. But I wanted to make sure that I called almost everybody who reached out because 
um, I wanted to see maybe there was a connection with that coaching staff that I never thought about before. And maybe that could be a school that I was super interested in. So I kept a pretty open mind, definitely going into it. And we've heard situations where on June 15th, if a school is like really sure that they want you and they're really confident in that, they'll offer you on that day without even having you visit the campus. Not necessarily looking for specific names, but did you have any schools that were like right away, like we're offering you on June 15th? Um, Yeah, I I did, which um, I definitely was caught off guard because I didn't know that was like a thing. (laughs) (laughs) I like got on my, some of my calls and I was like, whoa, like, thank you so much. Like, I was just so grateful and appreciative. And I was, I was definitely caught off guard though, because I didn't know that was a thing because nobody had told me about that. And I was like, I remember last year during the recruiting process, I was talking to a parent and I realized too that schools will sometimes offer before you actually go on a visit. And I didn't know that was a thing either. Like I would just assume that like you go and check out the campus first, but I guess if you're known to be a really good gymnast, it makes sense at the school. Like they already know. They know. They already (laughs) want you. They're like, we want you. So, I mean, I guess it makes sense, but it it is interesting. I I didn't know that either. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely crazy. How do you go about deciding then what schools you actually want to look into? Yeah. Look for some of the qualities that you were looking for. And, you know, you have so many people contacting you. How do you narrow down your list? Yeah, um, I definitely had some goals going into it. Um, I knew that I wanted to be with a team where I felt at home and I wanted the team to be like a real community and I wanted it to be a unified and cohesive team. And, you know, like I'd love to win a team national championship. So I had goals going into it. Um, So it was definitely hard narrowing down the choices because there's just so many great colleges out there and so many great coaching staffs. And I was just like super grateful and honored for like every opportunity. But it just came down to where I thought I would be the best fit, Uh, where I felt that I had the best connection with the coaching staffs on the calls and where we had chemistry and it just felt comfortable and normal Mm -hmm. and where I felt that I could grow as a person, an athlete and a student for sure. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to official visits in the past, it was capped at five and now it's unlimited, which is kind of cool. So you only took four. Did you consider taking more than the four or how did you narrow that down? Um, So I actually originally had scheduled six. Okay. Um, So I ended up canceling my last two because I just felt I found a home in the first four. And I didn't think it was fair to keep one, the first four waiting. I wanted them to be able to continue their recruiting process as well. And actually one of them would have been this weekend. So it was kind of a long stretch between my four and the last two. So I didn't think it was really fair to keep them waiting as well when I knew that it was most likely I was going to find a school in the top four. And after taking those four visits, I was a hundred percent sure that one of those schools is where I wanted to be. So. So when you have your visits set up, what is contact like with the coaches after that? Like how frequently are they contacting you leading up to your visit? Yeah. Um, it's, it's honestly like often it's all the time. Um, you do calls a lot. Um, sometimes it would be weekly or bi-weekly calls. They also send text messages. They'll respond to your stuff on Instagram. They'll send mail. I had a bunch of people, they'd send like handwritten notes. Um, it like through camp sometimes, like before I went to the best darn college camp, I'd be like texting them. Cause I obviously couldn't talk to them in person. Um, cause the August 1st deadline hadn't happened yet, but we'd be like texting and, um, we'd be like excited to work with you today or like excited to see you today. So you're definitely always communicating with them just to continue building that relationship before you get on campus. And for me, I also had some home visits in August as well. So that was a nice kind of breakup between the June to September for like official visits. Um, And that was a great time to get some in-person communication with them as well. Because most of it's done over the phone before your official visits. So it's nice to sit down in person and actually be able to have that communication with them. Yeah. The conversations, are they mostly like centered around gymnastics or does a coach text you and be like, what'd you have for breakfast this morning? (laughs) Um, It's honestly um, kind of all over the place. A lot of them would be, honestly, I wouldn't say they were really centered around gymnastics. We'd honestly send like gifts back and forth. Um, Or some people would send like countdowns until 
they'd be in Washington for camp or I'd be like getting on campus. So it was honestly just whenever and like whatever, really. <laughs> um, what about the strategy for scheduling your visits? Was there like a method to the madness or was it kind of just like whatever fit your schedule best? Yeah, um, it's honestly what works best for your schedule. Um, they normally give you a couple dates that work best for them. So for me, I laid them all out on a calendar and all the weekends that I had, and there was definitely some overlapping. So I had to kind of look and see which ones I wanted to go and where, but I also had some friends taking visits at the same time as me. So I also, that was part of my decision as well. If I knew that somebody was going on this visit this weekend and I'd be like, okay, well, maybe I'd want to join them on this visit as well. Um, And some schools had been like, we'd love you to come out this weekend. So that was also something that I took into account as well. What was their preferred weekend and what I could make work. But they honestly, all the schools were super accommodating. And like for one school, I had conflicts on other weekends. So I asked them and I was like, is it able to come down this weekend? Or like, do you have any other weekends available? And they were super willing to work with me. And they were just, they were great. And I was able to schedule something that worked with my schedule and they made it work. And I was super appreciative for that. When you're on a recruiting trip, can you kind of walk us through like what the schedule is like? What do you do to finish? I mean, I'm sure they're all a little bit different, but general idea of what it looks like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's definitely a lot of meeting with people. Um, The first day you normally meet with like the support staff and the trainer and the conditioning coach and the team, the academic advisors, everything that they have on campus, you really get to see. You normally get to go see where they compete, the locker room, you watch practice. They're pretty busy. They're they're normally scheduled out to like the minute. So you got to make sure you're well rested going into them. And like they do the photo shoot normally, those are pretty fun. Um, Personally, I love, they do like dinners with the recruits and the coaching staff and the families and normally the host as well. And those are really fun because you're in a little bit more of an intimate setting and you're able to really get to talk to the, normally it's with like the host, you normally sit at like a kid's table and adult's table. So you're able to to talk with like um, the girls on the team and bond with the other recruits there as well. What about like, the most fun thing or like the coolest thing that you did on any of your visits um uh, let's see well I guess the most fun for me at every visit was getting to meet all the people not only was it great getting to kind of meet with more recruits so like people my age but it was also great getting to meet all the girls on the team who I've looked up to for like years and so that was honestly so surreal getting to meet all these like fantastic gymnasts and people and it's also just amazing getting to see all the resources that they have for student athletes there as well I would say that like one visit I did go scuba diving so that one was kind of fun um that was probably like the coolest activity I did <laughs> um on any visit but Can you share where that was um at Oklahoma really <laughs> yeah wow she was sold on the scuba diving that's what <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was thinking through the places you visited and I'm like which one would that be I would never have guessed yeah. Oklahoma that's awesome yeah we, we did it in like a pool but okay that's still a really cool yeah pool. it was still really cool and Um, So that was probably the most fun activity I did on all of my visits, but I would say every single visit, my favorite part was just getting to meet all the people. Yeah. So you mentioned the host and I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this, but I just want to like clarify, are they just showing you around the campus or do you actually like stay with them in the dorms when you're on a visit or are you in a hotel? Um, so normally on most of my visits, I stayed in the hotel two days and then I stayed at their apartment or house for one night. Yeah. And then they normally don't show you around campus necessarily because most of the campus tours are done Friday and they normally have class or gym. Mm -hmm. So they're not really free to kind of tour you around campus necessarily, but Saturday, um, you definitely get to spend a lot more time with your host because they don't have school and they're able to show you a little bit more around campus, but most of the campus tours are done by the coaching staff. Okay. And so are you arriving like on a Thursday and you're there Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and leave Sunday? Is that like what the the schedule looks like? 
Um, I normally arrived in Thursday night and then because I think there's only like a certain amount of time that you have on campus. So they have to plan it to make sure that you're not there over the allowed um, time. So it the visits normally started Friday. So okay. it was normally Friday, Saturday, and then you'd leave Sunday. Okay. And so in the past, recruiting has been kind of secretive. And I feel like we're seeing that trend change and a lot more athletes are being more vocal about where they're visiting and, and about their process like you are. Why did you want to share what places you were visiting? Yeah, um, I would say I was definitely a little bit more conservative than others, but I just wanted to make sure that all of the uh, the university and the staff and the girls knew how appreciative I was that they brought me out. And I wanted to just make sure that they knew that I was just like so grateful for this opportunity. And also I think it's, um, it's becoming more popular now. And I think for me, I wanted to help other people with the recruiting process as well. Because going into this, I didn't really know what to expect. And I would have loved for um, just to be able to talk with somebody or like hear somebody who'd been through this recruiting process. So I think it's important that um, I can help some other girls that are go about to go through this recruiting process or in the middle of the recruiting process. And they're able to hear from other people and just learn a little bit more about it. Yeah. Do you read the comments online and stuff of people like trying to predict where they think you're going to go? Do you see all that? Yes. I, um, I actually loved them. I thought they were hilarious. I actually had like joined some threads and like, as like, um, I put my username in and as something like nobody would trace back to me. So I actually like joined some of them and I was like, Oh, okay. That's awesome. (laughs) A burner account. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Literally. (laughs) That is so funny. (laughs) So obviously you ended up committing to Oklahoma did you know when you were on your visit that you were going to commit there or did you kind of wait until all your visits were done to really think about it and make that decision? Yeah, I would say, honestly, I truly didn't know until my visits were over. I knew that there was something special at Oklahoma and it just felt different. Honestly, the whole time I was there, I had goosebumps like the whole time. And um, I thought that maybe that was just because I was like cold, but looking back on it now, I think it's because I just like, I honestly just felt something different there. I knew that OU was a very special place, but I wanted to keep my mind pretty open going through it so that at the end of the day, when I made my decision, I was like, I looked at every school or like I looked at the most schools that I was interested in. And I was able to make that decision with kind of, and free my mind of being able to be like, I looked at every school, I gave every school the opportunity. But at the end of the day, Oklahoma was just where I felt that I belonged the most. And Oklahoma is really creating a dynasty, I would say. They've been very, very successful in recent years. How much was that a factor for you? Was that something in your mind, knowing that you wanted to potentially be on a team that could win multiple, maybe, national titles? (laughs) Yeah, Um, that was definitely something to consider, for sure, because that was definitely one of my goals going into this recruiting process, was I wanted to win a team national championship. And I think Oklahoma has a great shot of doing that. And I would love to be a part of a team and a program that's able to do that. Um, But I wouldn't say the trophies were everything. Um, I definitely think it was like the team and the coaching staff. I would say it was the intangibles that really made OU stand out to me. I think the resources they have are just unmatched. And I truly felt I could grow as a gymnast and a person and a student there. And also like the girls who I'd gone on my recruiting visit with, we had a great chemistry and they ended up committing before me. So that was also a pull because I knew that I had great chemistry with those kids and I knew that I think we could make a great team. I thought it would it would just be such a great opportunity and it would be truly hard to pass down something like that. You guys are going to be an amazing team and we Thank are you. so, so excited to see you in college. Thank you. So I actually have a question about scholarships real quick. When a school offers you, do they give you a deadline of when you have to respond by or do most of them kind of just like leave it open for you to finish the process and then make that decision when you're ready? Yeah, personally, nobody gave me a deadline, um, which I was super appreciative for um, because I was able to make my decision on my own terms and my own timeline, which I felt was pretty important. And I had no other kind of factors like stressing me to make a decision, which I was super grateful for. I think that was also a big thing for me because I was able to come to the decision on my own terms. And when I made the decision, I was like, yes, this is exactly where I want to be. 
And so I was, I personally had no deadlines. Okay, good. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> I couldn't imagine <laughs> yeah. being an athlete and trying to make such a big decision and then having like a deadline well, going you over your head. Yeah. Back to us by the end of the week. And you're like, um, more time. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm, like, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. I was super appreciative for it. So to wrap up, we have some fun, random, get to know you questions. So the first one is just how you got started in gymnastics. Yeah. Um, I started in gymnastics um, at Auburn Gymnastics, which is now Ascent. So I've been at Ascent since I was like three. I started in mommy and me classes. Um, my sister and I actually started gymnastics together. Um, my mom put us in gymnastics just to get a little bit more hand-eye coordination. Um, we were in dance for a little bit but she wanted us to just get a good kind of basics of body awareness and gymnastics was a great way to put kids in it. And it was pretty close to our house. So she just kind of drove past it and was like, okay, maybe my kids could start some gymnastics, get some hand-eye coordination and then whatever skills or whatever sport they go into, um, they'll be kind of prepared. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned training at Ascend. A lot of people know that Shailise Jones trains at that gym. I have to ask, what is she like as a teammate? Uh, she's amazing. She's so sweet. Um, she's honestly just an inspiration to look up to. Her work ethic is incredible. She honestly inspires me every day. So it's great to have somebody to look up to that's like right in your home gym. And she's just so sweet and she'll like correct you. And those are like the best because you're like, oh my gosh, Shiley's corrected me. Like, oh, like yeah, Shiley's Jones. Like, not everyone can say that. <laughs> yeah. And like when she's doing her skills, she'll it's just like so flawless and you're like wow like okay like I better start doing better so <laughs> yeah it's just a great way to like continue to keep working and keep pushing and it just makes it so much better that she's just a great human being as well her gymnastics is so beautiful like truly one of my favorite gymnasts to watch yes perfection no. <laughs> it's literally stunning it's it's literally incredible what about something that you like to do for fun when you're not in the gym um I don't have like that much time but um I I like to bake I used to stress bake a lot um (laughs) (laughs) that's relatable that's relatable uh, yeah so like before competitions I'd always like bake cookies and I I'd bake so many cookies like it was crazy and I'd bring them to like our meets and I'd hand them out after so and I'd I'd leave them with the coaches there so they had like some energy and some snacks um (laughs) while they were coaching as well um that (laughs) yeah um, I like to, I mean, when the weather's nice in Washington, I like to go to the lake and do outdoor activities, but most of the year it's raining. So you kind of got to time that accordingly. Um, <laughs> I mean, I also, when I'm able to as well, helping out in the community is nice. Um, I did like a food repack last week. So when I, when they have like stuff in the community, I like to help out as well. That's amazing. I love Thank that. <laughs> What about the last show that you binge watched or a book that you read? Um, I would say probably Grey's Anatomy. Um, I, I'm rewatching like all the seasons right now. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. What about your biggest goal for the upcoming season? Um, I would say my biggest goal, um, like I guess just growing in like every aspect. So I'd love to set new personal best on everything. Because I did last year on, I think, every event except bars. So I would love to do it on every event this year and the all-around. And I would love to repeat my national all-around title. All right. Period. (laughs) (laughs) And last question, any advice that you would give for athletes who are about to be going through the recruiting process, or maybe right now they're still going through the recruiting process, Um, I guess the biggest either lesson you learned or piece of advice you'd want to give? Yeah. Um, I, for me, like I have some tips, I guess, um, I made these mistakes in the recruiting process. So, um, I would make sure when you're sending emails, um, to make sure that the coaching staff and like their names are correct. Cause there was an instance where I did send the wrong name and I like oh. misspelled the name. Yeah. And I didn't know that I had done it until like my club coach had brought it to my attention how and bad was it like did you like massively butcher the name or was it just like one letter was off it, it was one letter but that's not still, too bad it was like it made the name like totally different and I was like oh my gosh like I'm so sorry and I didn't even notice I'd done it until like my club coach brought it to my attention and I felt so bad so I like sent an email back and I was like I'm so sorry like I inadvertently pressed the 
um, I instead of the oh like I'm so sorry and he was he was super gracious about it and he made it was actually like kind of a running joke through my whole recruiting process um anytime he'd come into the gym he'd be like hey this is like and he'd like say the name I typed so <laughs> yeah. it, it was definitely pretty funny and I was super grateful and that was like my first email that I'd sent to so <laughs> that was that was definitely kind of like hurt my ego a little bit and I was like I can never email again like I'm so bad at this but he was super gracious about it and he made me feel super comfortable and he was like no problem like I've been called worse like it's okay (laughs) so I would say that that's a pretty big tip um also like I think putting your number when you're emailing as well is pretty important because there are a couple instances for me as well when people had reached out to me but I never got their text because they had my number wrong and they had like contacted my club coaches being like oh is she like not interested like um we haven't gotten a text back and Like I totally would have texted them back, but I just didn't know they even sent me anything. So um, I would just make sure that that's kind of a um, scene in your email as well, just so that they have the right email or like the right number a couple of times. And so that when the recruiting date does open, you actually get the text you're like supposed to get. Um, But I would say just be you throughout the whole recruiting process and Um, don't try to fake anything because they know what you can do as a gymnast. And honestly, it's more about getting to know you as a person. So just be you and you'll find your right home. And even if like you're on the visit and you don't get this home feeling like you're, you're going to find the right place for you. And it's all going to work out because at the end of the day, like you're going to find the place that works and um, you're going to have a great college experience no matter where you go. And my mom even said this all the time, like there's so many great options out there and every school is great, but it's about finding the right fit for you. Right. So I think like you got this and you just got to keep working and keep posting and emailing with the right names. <laughs> lesson number one make sure you have the name right yes but that's like I didn't even know how I mess it up like it's the first thing in the email too they he probably looked at and was like oh this kid is not interested he doesn't she doesn't even know my name no but I think that's such an easy mistake to make and I think it's so important for people to hear you say that because so like we mentioned you are one of the top recruits in your class I feel like to know that you made mistakes like that in the process yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's not like the end of the world. Right. It probably in the moment for you felt like the end of the world. <laughs> yeah. But like in the end, like the coaches were cool about it. It sounds yeah. like you still had a bunch of amazing visits and I'm sure got a bunch of amazing offers. So like if another athlete does that, they'll hopefully <laughs> if they hear this interview, they'll remember that like it's not the end of the world. It really but, isn't. But double check your emails and make sure <laughs> things right. <laughs> yes. I mean, like there are people too, and they make mix they make mistakes as well. So you just got to remember like you're human, but yeah, it definitely was. I was like, Oh my gosh. Like (laughs) what a way to kick off the process. Literally. It was like my first emails too. And I was like, this is so embarrassing. That is horrifying. But honestly, thank you for sharing that. And thank you for doing this interview. I really do think this is going to be so helpful. I feel like not many, we're kind of seeing more transparency now with the recruitment process, but I could not imagine for athletes back in the day going through this process and not having either anyone to talk to or even just be able to listen to someone like you speak about your experience. I think it's so valuable. So thank you so, so much for doing this. Thank you you for having me. Really. Thank you. Is there anything that you wanted to add that we didn't ask you about? Um, I'm trying to think. I don't think so. I feel like I covered most of this stuff. Um, I have another question, actually. Yeah, yeah. Like being a top recruit, I mean, obviously there's the college gym news rankings that are kind of a new thing, but like as an athlete, how much weight does that hold to you? And and does that almost make you kind of, I don't want to say nervous, but like, does it add another layer of... With the well, it's like news. something that you maybe have to like live up to. In their uh, 2025 class, you were the number two recruit. So like, does having that label attached to you, does that kind of like make you nervous at all? Or does it like kind of give you confidence? Um, I think it was definitely, like it definitely makes you a little bit nervous because you have like more people looking at you. But honestly, I didn't really think, like I didn't really think I was going to be like the second recruit. I didn't really think I was even going to be up there. So I was kind of shocked when they like put it out. And I was just super grateful and I try to take it with, you know, like a grain of salt. Like I really appreciate everything that they've done. And like, I really appreciate that they saw I was like the number two recruit, but you know, 
I it wasn't something that I wanted it to like stress me out or like make me more nervous because I just wanted to continue doing me and continue to improve. Yeah. And I didn't want that to like affect me in any way. And I didn't really want it to give me like a big boost of confidence either, because there's so many places that I can improve as a gymnast and as a person. And I wanted to make sure that like I continue to improve and, you know, there's like number two, like there's always a place to go. There's always a number one. So, um, yeah, so just continue to keep working and like, I didn't want it to get like my head too big, you know, I wanted to stay pretty grounded and I wanted to stay humble. And, um, like I was super appreciative of that. They saw that in me, but it wasn't something that I guess necessarily made me be like, oh yeah, like, um, like that girl. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, oh, thank you. And then yeah. I just kind of like kept moving, but that's yeah. good. Yeah. You'll let your gymnastics speak for itself. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Was there anything else that you wanted to add? I mean, I don't really think so. I guess for me going into it, I did make like a list of questions that I had on my calls handy, which I think was cool. Um, And I highlighted the questions that I wanted to ask in every call. And I started off by, for me personally, I asked more um, personal questions about the coaching staff because I wanted them to make sure that they knew I wanted to get them to know them as a person and not just as a university or as a coach. I wanted to get to know them personally for me. So I asked a lot of questions like, um, can you list three words to describe yourself? Or if you could go on vacation anywhere in the world, where would you go? And like, when I asked those questions, they were like really surprised because I don't think they've really been asked that question before. Like if you could go anywhere in the world, where would you go? Like, it just isn't something that you get on like a recruiting call, I guess. Yeah. But but I feel like it's I, something that could help connect you to somebody. When you ask yeah. questions, like you could potentially bond over something and you could realize yeah. you have something in common with someone. Yeah, absolutely. So I think for me, that was that was a big thing for me and like a tip, I guess. Um, because I want I wanted them to know that like I wasn't just here to get recruited and to get a scholarship. Like I wanted to actually be part of their team and I wanted to get that personal connection. So I thought. I mean, you can ask as many questions as you want about the program or later, but I wanted that first call to be a little bit more personal and um, to really develop that chemistry between us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What kind of questions did they ask you during that first call? Or is it pretty much you just asking them all the questions at first? Yeah, they definitely ask you a little bit. They ask you kind of about your family and they ask you, I think a couple of people asked me about like my greatest accomplishment or um, how I started gymnastics just kind of basic get to know you questions. Um, But I feel like most of them were kind of centered around gymnastics. So when I was asking them about like vacations, they were like, oh, like, okay. Throw them for a loop. (laughs) Yeah, but that was like really fun. And especially like the three words to describe yourself. That one was cool as well, because um, you can also ask them three words to describe their coaching staff or three words to describe their coaching personalities. I did those as well too. And those were fun because you get to know a little bit about them as people, but also about them as a coach as well. Well, it sounds like you learned a lot on your recruiting process, your yeah. recruiting journey. And I'm sure that there's going to be people that listen to this that learn a couple of things from what you had to share. So thank you so much. Yes, for thank you. you. Thank, the you. This. thank you. Yeah. I hope I can, if I can help one person with their recruiting process, that will make this all worth it. Cause for me, I know I would have loved to have somebody to like listen to and learn a little bit more about it. So yes. I'm just glad I we want to say thank you to Mackenzie for being willing to share her journey with all of us and for being the first athlete to kick off this series. We appreciate it so, so much. Seriously, and such a good interview. Yes. So informative. And I think really going to be helpful to a lot of athletes that listen to this. Yeah, we hope with the series that not only fans can learn more about the recruiting process, but also future athletes. I think the process is so incredibly different for every athlete and that's something that we really want to highlight on this podcast so that you know any athlete that's listening can find an experience or an athlete that may be similar to them and feel like they can get some insight into the process from a perspective that's relatable to them so Mackenzie thank you for being willing to share your journey with us and for being the first athlete to really kind of dive in deep with us about your recruitment process Also, if you're a 2024 or 2025 commit and you want to share your journey, please feel free to message us. It doesn't matter what your results look like. It doesn't matter what schools you visited. 
um, if you were offered a scholarship or not. Like we said, we really just want to highlight all different perspectives when it comes to the recruiting process. And we think that all the stories out there will be valuable to somebody. Yes. So please send us an email. We're allthingsgympod at gmail.com. Or you can send us a DM on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. X, not Twitter. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> X. One of these years, we'll get used to that, but I, my brain still immediately goes to Twitter. I think we all do. But anyways, yeah, reach out to us in whatever way you want. We'll get back to you, and we would love to have you on. Normally, at this point in the episode, we would do our question of the week, but this week, we decided to skip that, and instead, we wanted to mention the news that Kara Aker, who, as you all know, was an alternate for the 2020 U.S. Olympic team and a rising junior on the team at Utah, is retiring from the sport, as well as withdrawing from the University of Utah as a student. She alleges that she suffered from emotional and verbal abuse during her time there as a student-athlete. I'm sure by now most people have seen the news, but if you haven't, you can find it on Kara's Instagram page, and we'll put it in the show notes down below as well if you just want to be able to go and click a link. Um, but I'm pretty sure by now most people have probably seen. It was like a seven-page statement that she put out. Yeah, I mean, I encourage you to go read that, and we're also going to put a link in the show notes down below to an article that explained more about the investigation that took place over the summer into the head coach, Tom Farden. That's something that we didn't really cover, I don't think, at all on the podcast, so we're going to link to that um, in that several athletes came forward to share their experience and a lot of them really closely aligned with the experience that Kara shared in her statement. So that investigation concluded, I think about a month ago. And in that it said basically that Tom made at least one derogatory comment to athletes, but they, they could not confirm that he abused athletes by definition. And that's pretty much a quote from the conclusion of the investigation. So they basically said that they couldn't prove that he was abusive in any way, but that they also couldn't deny the fact that he was making at least one derogatory comment towards an athlete. But we do know that many former athletes and also parents of former athletes are saying that they feel like the investigation is incomplete. A lot of athletes sound like they were having very similar experiences. Kara actually said in her statement that some critical pieces of evidence were actually left out of this investigation. Mm -hmm. So we will continue to follow up on this and obviously we'll update you all when we have more information, when there's some sort of, I don't know if conclusion is the word that you want to use, but resolution, resolution. <laughs> yeah, justice, if you will. I think the most important thing that we want to acknowledge here is that our heart absolutely breaks for Kara. I can only imagine what she's been through in her career and I think to be in an environment that minimizes your mental health and tries to make you feel like you you are, you know, less than or unworthy or like an outcast, whatever it may be. I think that can be really, really damaging. So something that I have really started to notice in the past several years is that a lot of athletic environments and cultures are not designed to support athletes with pre-existing mental health issues or current mental health issues. In fact, I would argue that a lot of these environments we end up learning are actually compounding the problem and making it worse because the coaches and also members of the team, I find, lack understanding of mental health and how that can impact performance, confidence, desire, relationships, literally every single aspect of that person's life in the gym and also outside of the gym. I think in general, mental health is, is one of those things that if you don't experience it yourself or you haven't experienced it yourself it can be really hard to understand how debilitating it can be and yeah. how it can consume your life and completely change who you are as a person yeah I feel like the experience that we've had talking to athletes who competed in college, one of the biggest red flags that I've personally seen is a clear lack of understanding. And also, I will extend it to coaches as well, not just athletes. Coaches and athletes who are involved in NCAA gymnastics also applies to elite gymnastics, but a clear lack of understanding about mental health because in sports, it's often seen as a sign of weakness mm -hmm. or, you know, someone is lazy or they're not trying hard enough. And I think that's one of the big issues that the sport not just this sport but all sports are facing kind of more like behind the scenes like a behind the scenes issue is that toxic sports culture 
where, like I said, if somebody is struggling in some way, oftentimes we'll see the majority of the people involved with that team, whether it's other athletes, coaches, support staff, whoever, kind of viewing that person as like weak or like not capable or lazy or whatever word you want to attach to it. Um, instead of just viewing them and really empathizing with them as someone who is struggling and kind of recognizing the ways that, that could be impacting their life in the gym, but also outside of the gym. I think if someone was sick, like physically sick, like they had the flu or, you know, some kind of illness, I don't think we would call them weak or lazy or whatnot. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I think if someone was physically sick we would be empathetic towards that and sensitive to that totally we are and as, th- as a society we are yeah but when it comes to that's why you can take sick days at work but where are the mental health days and i know some places do but like it's not a common practice in the workplace yeah or even in school like you get sick days for when you're physically ill but what about when you're mentally ill like that's mm-hmm. such a overlooked thing still to this day in our society despite the fact that we're talking about it more and more I still feel like it's overlooked a lot in this society that we live in. And in sports in particular, I also think there's a lot of brainwashing and also a lot of fear of retaliation for those who don't side with the person that's in the position of power. So oftentimes that's the coach, which that usually leads to isolation within the team, uh, members of the team being ostracized. Like it's a really, really toxic part of the culture honestly i think this is happening within a lot of teams Mm -hmm. i think this is being brought to light because of kara's statement with utah but honestly as we've seen from past statements with various athletes at various programs not just d1 programs but literally all over the spectrum we've seen athletes in the past come forward and share similar experiences to kara and i know there's a lot of athletes that haven't come forward and shared their stories yet but really feel the same way and have struggled in the same ways And so I think this is a conversation that we're just going to be continuing to have until particular people, coaches, are held accountable. And I think that starts with the higher-ups at the university, whether that's the athletic director. Like, there needs to be some level of accountability and not just kind of sweeping things under the rug. Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth. You know, pretending like... You know, people are exaggerating or whatever it may be. I think in this particular case with Utah, a lot of athletes have come forward and a lot of them are anonymous. But, you know, I think there's enough evidence within that report and within Kara's statement and some of the athletes like Kim Tessin, who has publicly come forward to support her, which I think is beautiful. Lisa Mitzel, a former Utah alum and guest of the podcast as well, have been amazing in supporting Kara. And I hope that we continue to see more of that. But I also think there's a lot a lot more to come with this, not just for Utah, but I think with a lot of other programs. I just think there's a lot of, I don't know if undoing is what I'm trying to say. There's a lot that needs to be undone. Mm-hmm. And it can be really overwhelming at times and disheartening as a gymnastics fan. So we hope that Kara is getting the support that she needs right now and that she's able to, you know, heal from everything that she's been through. I think she definitely deserved better. And we, of course, selfishly will miss watching her beautiful gymnastics. But most importantly, we hope that she's doing okay and that she's getting the help that she needs for herself in order to heal and you know, be able to move on from all of this. So just wanted to take a moment to acknowledge that here on the podcast. And if you haven't seen the statement or read that story that came out a month or so ago, check the show notes because we will have it linked there. That does it for this week's episode. We hope you guys enjoyed it and we always end by thanking our gold level patreon supporters so a big thank you to alex m jenna a ml katie c msu kimberly g randy b emily b kathleen r lucy s becca s blake b cookie master faith Kristen r Lori s sabrina m amy c sumflam erica s m Derek H, Abby M, Martin, Paul M, Krista, Jasmine C, Lee B, and Kyle M. Thank you all for continuing to support our show each month at the highest tier level. We appreciate you guys so, so much. Make sure you're checking the Patreon app because, like we said, we're doing this recruit reflection series where you guys will be able to see who we're having on and be able to submit questions for them. 
we also have a couple other fun little things in the works so yeah we might be kind of modifying our podcast schedule for a little bit going into the college gymnastics season so the plan right now is for the month of november and maybe a little bit into december monday's episode we'd like to have be a recruit reflection we have some good ones in the work i guess we could spill a couple of them here we have lexi's ice in the works she actually reached out to us wanting to do that so that's super exciting because she was one that Brittany and i when we were talking about what athletes we wanted to do for the series she was kind of in our mind anyways and, then and she- i literally <laughs> said to ash i'm not making this up you guys i was said to ashley i feel like lexi would be a good one to talk to and then literally five minutes later i picked up my phone and i saw that she messaged us and was like hey i want to do it i was literally <laughs> shook i could not i thought it was like a staged she literally she literally thought me. i was joking and i'm like not joking at all like <laughs> she actually messaged us so we have lexi zeiss sydney seabrooks who at the time of recording has not announced where she's going yet but at the time that this episode will be out she's announcing on monday so you may already know where she's going at this point in time yes but we're going to talk to her all about her recruiting journey and we have some other athletes in the queue as well we're working on getting a d3 gymnast on the pod as well just to really get the range of experiences and we're really really excited about that so we're thinking monday have that be a recruit reflection and then we're kind of going to start doing twice a week for the podcast because it's never been done before no, on the all page gym pod making history here <laughs> Um, we're thinking Thursdays is going to be our other news segment, which I don't think we've like publicly acknowledged yet, but we're doing it here now, I guess. So Coach's Corner, similar to something that we did in the year 2021, where we have some coaches on from some of the top programs in the country and do a little preview of that program for the upcoming season. So we're not going to do every single coach. We're going to try and preview all of the top programs yeah, we're in some ta- fashion. We're going to talk about all of the top programs regardless, but I mean, realistically, if you look at how many months are between, or not months, how many weeks are between right now and college gymnastics season, like there's not no. that many weeks, which is why we're doubling up on episodes because Ashley and I have so much content that we have planned <laughs> that we genuinely cannot fit it all in without doubling up yeah. episodes so if you're a patreon a gold level patreon you can submit i guess what coaches you're wanting us to interview and if we get enough requests for someone we will make it happen or try to make it happen i guess no guarantees um and then also yeah be submitting questions and there's an element to this coaches corner season preview with that we haven't shared quite yet but will be exclusive for our gold level patreons that will be helpful for you in drafting your fantasy teams and kind of just trying to figure out like how certain teams are going to look how good they're going to be what their strongest events are going to be we have a breakdown a very very thorough breakdown that has taken us months coming for all of you soon <laughs> so with that being said we hope you guys have a phenomenal week And we will talk to you maybe on Thursday this week, if all goes according to plan. Maybe. We'll see. (laughs) We hope you guys have a great week. Bye. Bye.